Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Last week, man, I, I just have to pause for a second, and last week was just such an amazing week, right? It was just this incredible moment where we saw families dedicating their children to the Lord, and there was so much energy in the room, and, and that was just such a special moment in the history of our church. And so uh, those who were a part of that and those of you who were here last week, man, it was, it was really, really incredible. We also kicked off a brand new series called Joseph, and we're looking at the life of this young kid named Joseph and, and all the things that, that God brought him through. And it's an amazing story to this point. Because we just see him just locked onto this idea that God was with him and that he had a purpose in this season. And that's, that's actually the challenge that we asked ourselves on the screen. What would you do in your life, in your current situations, and in, in what you're going through? What would you do if you were absolutely confident that God was with you and had a purpose for you in this season? What would you do? If you were just absolutely confident that no matter what anything happened, no matter what anybody said, no matter what was going on, you were just supremely confident. God is with me in this moment and he has a purpose for me. And we saw Joseph walk with this confidence as he went from the favorite kid that his dad loved him above everybody else. And he gave him this fancy coat and he had all these dreams and his brothers were mad at him and they beat him up and they threw him in the pit. And this all sounds fake, but this is real. And they threw him in a pit, and they're like, ah, you know what? Let's not kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery, because that's much better. So they sell him into slavery, and he, he goes to Egypt, and he's working under Potiphar, and he's doing incredible work there because he was convinced that God was with him, and he had a purpose for this season. And so he rises up the ranks in Potiphar's house, and then all of a sudden, he is now being chased down by a sex-crazed cougar that was Potiphar's wife. Read the story. It's awesome. If you weren't here, you can check out the podcast. And she chases him down, and she rips his cloak away from him, and then she tells her husband, he tried to rape me. And Joseph is like, I literally was running away from trouble. And so, of course, because God was with him, the situation worked out. Not exactly. So Potiphar comes home, and he finds out, and he says, you jerk. And he throws him into prison. So he goes to prison, and amazingly, God is with him in the prison, and he just rises up the ranks of prison dumb. I'm not really sure how that exactly works, but he starts running the prison. And then two of Pharaoh's chief advisors come in there and they have dreams and he interprets them. And, and one guy gets hung up on a pole and he's eaten by the birds and it's just awful. And then the other one goes back and he works with Pharaoh. And Joseph, as he's leaving, goes, bro, 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 just one thing. Don't forget about me. Remember, I, I interpreted your dream. It was all good. Just don't, don't forget about me. And he's like, I got you, babe. I got you. You were awesome. Jo- Jerry, J- J- what's your name? Joseph, Joseph, I got you. And, and did he get him? No. He forgot about him. He forgot about him. And that's where we pick up in our story today. But if we could wrap last week all into a bow, I would say it this way. God promises us proximity and purpose. God promises us that he's going to be near to us and that there's a purpose. 
So whatever you walked in with today, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing, God promises us proximity and purpose. Because today is all about how the situation changes for Joseph. And, and we start to see some positive things happen. But can we just be honest for a moment before we see what happens? Isn't it easier to call on God when we're going through hard things? Isn't it easier when our marriage is on the rocks? Isn't it easier when we're struggling? Isn't it easier when the finances look like it's just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no other option, but God, I'm going to turn to you. But if we're honest with ourselves, when things are going well, we, we kind of forget about God, right? Like we, we kind of just think, well, God, you bless me. Thank you. Peace out. I'll call you when I need you again. Like we don't mean to do that, but that's what we drift towards in our life if we're not careful. We lean on God when we are at the bottom, but we're pulled away from him when we're at the top. And Joseph, Joseph had this really unique opportunity to depend on God in both situations. So let's pick up the story. It's in Genesis 41. Verse 1 is huge. Two full years later. Some of us, we've been praying for something for two days, and we're like, God, you ain't showing up. I'm out. Fine. I'm just going to do it on my own. Two full years later, after all he walked through, Joseph is still sitting in prison with no hope that anything's about to change. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing, this is going to be fun, just get ready, on the banks of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come out of the river, and they began grazing. And then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. And these skinny cows stood next to the fat ones, and they said, you know what, I'm hungry, and they ate them. And at this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. He's probably thinking that California pizza kitchen is not sitting well. Like, that pineapple pizza is no good. This is crazy. I'm going back to sleep. So he goes back to sleep, and and he fell asleep and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, and these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And then this thin head swallowed up the seven plump heads, and Pharaoh woke up again and realized, hey, whew, That was really bad pizza. I had another dream, but he was disturbed by the dreams the next morning. So he called for all of his magicians and all of his wise men in Egypt. And when Pharaoh told him his dream, not one of them can tell him what they meant. He's like, I don't know what that was, but it seems significant. I need some help. And so he's in the room and he's talking with his advisors and he's talking with all these people and and his cupbearer is there in the room because he's, I mean, he's thirsty. He's having a conversation. So he's like drinking and having his drink and the cupbearer is there. And finally, at some point, a light bulb goes off in the cupbearer's mind. And the Bible in, in verse nine says, finally, that's the understatement of the year. Finally, the cupbearer spoke up. Finally, the light bulb goes off and he goes, Joseph, it wasn't Jerry, Joseph, he was good at dreams. And so he tells, he tells Pharaoh, today I've been reminded of my, Pharaoh, uh, of my failure. Some time ago, you were angry with me and the chief baker. Don't, don't remember that. We're all good now. Remember, we're all good. 
You imprisoned us in the palace of the captain guard. And one, of, one night, the chief bear and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard, and we told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. And this is the key verse. And everything happened just as he predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer. Thank you so very much. I love you. You are awesome. I enjoy my job. I will give you five stars, Pharaoh. It is all good. Because the chief, bear, chief baker, he, he was executed. You, you put him on a pole and birds ate him, and it was just no good. I'm glad you chose the other way. Pharaoh then sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and he changed his clothes, this is just funny to me, the Bible just leaving. You can't go stank before the Pharaoh. Like, you getting all cleaned up. And he went and he stood before Pharaoh. So this, this is huge. This is huge. Because some of you today, you walked into the room and you feel stuck. You feel like I've been in this situation over and over and over and over again, and I don't know what else to do, and I am just stuck. And while you may feel like God is absent in your problems, he is active behind the scenes. Why you feel like there's nothing happening that you can see, and you just feel like, God, I am so done with this. I'm so done with being in this season. Why are you absent in my pain? God, why are you absent in this situation? God, where are you? And God would look at you and he'd say, I'm, I'm active behind the scenes. Just because you can't see me working right here in front of you, just because it's not obvious to you, don't think that I'm not at work on your behalf. Because Joseph was totally unaware that after two years, his name was on the lips of Pharaoh. That after two years of probably feeling like, this is it. I'm in prison for, for life. I'm just, I'm going to die here. I'm, I'm going to probably end up being the prison warden because me and him are boys and he ain't going to do anything. He's just going to kick his feet up and chill and I'm going to go ahead and, and run the prison. I guess this is my life. But God was active behind the scenes. And without him having any clue it was going on, his rescue was on the other side. And, and what I just want to remind you is whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, even if you feel stuck, God is active in the background. God isn't shooting off fireworks in your life for you to see every single thing that he's doing. But I can tell you from personal experience how many times I have sat in an office or sat in my room or sat on the sofa and, and just thought to myself, sat in my car going, God, where are you at? You're not doing anything. God, I'm exhausted. Where are you at? And time after time after time after time. He had been working out details in the background. There were people who were talking about my family in the background that I had no idea. And then all of a sudden, here comes a phone call. Here comes a check in the mail. Here comes a conversation. Here comes an opportunity. And it just opens my eyes to the fact that while I may not see him working right now in the present, God is always working behind the scenes. Verse 15, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means, but I've heard that you, when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. This is, this is Joseph's moment, right? This is his shark tank pitch. 
Like he's standing in front of them. This is the moment. Everyone's looking at him. This is his chance. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. It's his moment. And you and I, we've been there. We've had those times in our life where we have the opportunity to make a big decision. And if we're not careful, what we do is we leave our faith and our future in different places. If we're not careful, when we're given an opportunity, when we're given a moment to step into success, a lot of times we'll just hide what it is that God is doing in order to make sure that it, I just don't want to offend anybody. I don't, I just, I, I want to, I just, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to be proper. We, some of us will even change the way that we act. We're, we're shaved a little bit and we've got some cologne on and, and we change our voice and, and we're not ourselves trying to make sure that when we step into something, it's on us. It's our success. It's not being true to who God has called us. But what would someone do who was confident that God was with them do? What would they do? Check out what he does. Joseph says, it's beyond my power to do this. And everyone in the room is going, what is wrong with you? He just pulled you out of prison. It's not, I, I don't, I can't do it. I heard you can interpret dreams. Nope. You heard wrong. I can't do it. What? What are you doing, Joseph? But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. And to you and I, that's like, oh, okay, yeah, but God, but God, but you got to understand in the, in the context of what this was happening, Pharaoh thought he was God. So Joseph is standing before one of the most powerful rulers in the whole world, and he says, I know you think you're God, but guess what, boo-boo, you ain't. I can't interpret this dream for you, but the real God, not you, the real God can. And everyone in the room is going, ooh, I know he didn't just say that. I know this little boy from the dungeon did not just say that what Joseph was telling Pharaoh was, there's something you don't know. There's a real God. You're not him. And he's actually the answer to all of your problems. This was a huge moment of, for Joseph to say that to Pharaoh. And he could have taken all the credit. He could have played the game. He could have said, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's kind of this God that kind of helps me out when I interpret dreams. No, he just owned it. I can't do it. It's not me. It's God. In verses 17 through 24, Pharaoh recaps his bad pizza dream, and he tells him what's going on. And everyone takes a breath because Pharaoh didn't cut his head off in the moment. It's like, okay, whew, he's all right. So verse 28, Joseph is interpreting the dream, and he says, This will happen just as I have described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But after, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the—this is excessive—even the memory of the good years will be erased. And as for having two similar dreams, in case I didn't remind you, it means that these events have been decreed by God, and he will soon make them— happen. And I can just see in the room, he's going, God, 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 God. And everyone's like wincing, like, stop saying it. Stop saying that. You're offending Pharaoh. What are you doing in this moment? And then Joseph does the unthinkable. 
the freshly bathed kid from the dungeon stands before the greatest ruler of the time, and he says, that's what God's going to do, but let me go ahead and just give you some advice. You got a pen and some paper? Let me lay it out for you what you need to do. The kid from the dungeon is standing before this leader, and this is what he says. He says, therefore, Pharaoh, this is what you need to do. Write it down. Point number one, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years, have them gather all the food produced in the good years and, and that are just ahead, and bring it in the Pharaoh's storehouse. Store it away, guard it, so there will be food in the cities, and that way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Mic drop, walk away, dust your shoulders. All right, do you need anything else from me? I'm going to go back to the prison. Like, I'm good. Anything else that you need? Why was Joseph so confident? Why was Joseph able to come from the prison for two full years and stand before the most powerful man he maybe has ever seen in his life and have that kind of confidence? It's because Joseph didn't believe that his future was in the hands of Pharaoh. Joseph believed his his life was in the hands of God. And while he was standing in front of this powerful ruler who could have cut his head off, that could have done all that, he said, I'm not worried about that because I trust my God. He's right here with me, and he has a purpose for me in this season. So, So what about you? What about you? Who are you allowing to run your life? Who are you allowing to determine what your future looks like? Whose voice are you listening to to determine the direction you'll head in your life and the, and the way that you will live and how you will live it? Whose voice are you trusting? Is it God's? Or is it your parents? Is it your boss's? Is it your job? Is it the military? Is it all of these things that are happening? Maybe it's not external for you. Maybe it's internal. Maybe it's the insecurities that you deal with every day. Maybe it's that fear. Maybe it's that depression. Maybe it's that that thought that I'm not good enough. There's no way I could do this, so I'm just going to do whatever it takes to make sure that things just happen. Who is running your life? Is it God or is it anything else besides him? And it's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for me because, see, Joseph led with authority and he led with humility. He led with authority that said, it doesn't matter what happens here because I know at the end of the day, my God has me. The finances may not look right, and your rules may not look right, and the proper way I'm supposed to do this may not be the right way, but you know what? I am confident that my God is with me, and if my God is with me, what in the world can be against me? If God is truly with me, if I am truly confident that God is right here in this moment with me, then what in the world has the authority to pull me away from trusting him? Nothing except for the things we give it the power to. Joseph led with humility. He led with this humility to go, I can't do any of this 
it's not me, it's him. It's not reliant on my skills, my talents. It's not, it's not reliant on the way that I can communicate this. It's not the way, it's, it is God. God is for me, God is with me, God has a purpose for me, and I'm going to trust him above everyone else. Back in the story, everyone is sitting there as Joseph has just laid out this plan before Pharaoh, and they're breathless. They're like, this joker is gone. There's no way he survives this. The Bible says in verse 37, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the spirit of God. I don't have the time to unpack that, but just do not miss those words. Can we find anyone else like this? Not that are, that's supremely confident in themselves. Not can we find someone else who's just a strong leader, not someone who can communicate well, not someone who's fearless. Can we find anyone else like this man who is so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Five seconds ago, he thought he was God, and now he's communicating Is there anybody else like this guy who's obviously filled with something we don't have? What would our lives look like if we walked into the room and the way that people described us was that they are just filled with the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed, again, this is Pharaoh talking about God. Since God has revealed the meaning of this dream to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on the throne, by the way, will have a higher rank than yours. Now, wait a minute. 30 minutes ago, he didn't even know this joker existed. He was in the dungeon, and now he's the vice president. How in the world does this happen? You have no idea what God wants to do through your life. I have no idea what God wants to do through my life. And how quickly we put a lid on it because we quit depending on him. You see, God wants to do incredible, powerful, mind-blowing things through our lives, but he is not going to force it on us. You know what stops it? Us. It's us putting the lid. It's, it's a term in, in the business world, in, in the leadership world, of a, a, a capacity. You've hit your lid. You put it over your head. It's, it stops you from continuing to grow upwards. You know who puts that lid on ourselves? It's us. You know why? Because we stop depending on him. Joseph literally is depending on him for everything And God opens up the opportunity that no one in the world could ever imagine. From the dungeon to vice president. What kind of Hollywood movie would that be? The reality is that you and I, we stop living our lives as if we depend on God. We stop living like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't show up. God, I don't know how I'm going to handle this if you don't show up. Maybe you're better than I am, but I know there's so many times in my life that I just go, 
God, thank you for your blessings. I've got it from here. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and run. And then when I run into a leadership lid, when I run into a brick wall, when I fall on my face, I go, oh, God, I don't think I had this. I think I needed to probably rely on you a little bit more than I did. You guys are better than me. I'm just telling you my issues, my struggles. Do we live our lives as if we depend on God? Or do we just live our lives just hoping he's going to bless something and then we'll just live off of that blessing until it runs out? I've done that. Let's just be real. We've all done that. We've all received this blessing from God and we're like, God, you're so amazing. Thank you so much for showing up. I'll, I'll talk to you later. And we don't allow our lives to daily be dependent on God. So how do we do it? How do we lean on God in our seasons of success? The first thing that we do is we lead with humility and we lead with transparency. We lead with humility and transparency. We have to remind ourselves and remind others that without God, you couldn't be here. Wait, you mean I need to show that I I can't do something? Yeah. Wait, wait, you mean I I need to admit that I can't do something without God? Yeah. Well, I don't don't like that. It doesn't matter if you like it. I'm just telling you that is how we live our lives with this dependence on God is when we humble ourselves to realize, God, I am nothing without you. God, I'm nothing without you. My gifts, my talent, my wisdom, my ability to crunch numbers, my ability to lead people, my ability to do whatever it is in your life that you feel confident about yourself, that's cool. That's a blessing from God, and he wants you to use that, but he wants you to use that under the understanding that he is the one we need day in, day out, night, good, bad, bright, dark, angry, hopeless, We have got to get to a place in our lives where we depend on God. We do that through humility and through transparency. We have to know who our source is. Ask yourself, ask yourself this. This is just a practical thing. And think about it this week as you go through your week. How often does God's name come off of your, your lips? How often in just a normal conversation in your day to day life does God ever come out of your mouth? It's not like a you know, smack your wrist like you, you should be better. Just This is for all of us. This is a challenge for all of us. How often do we say it out loud? Do you know why? Because when we talk about God, it's that reminder for us that we need God. It's that reminder for us. They'll go, oh, how's your week? It's, it's going good. God bless me this week. Well, that just sounds churchy, Danny. Whatever you want to call it, it could be churchy, but we have to get to the place in our lives where we talk about God more often because we, it's a reminder to us. How often do you reveal a weakness or something that you're struggling with? Now, Danny, you done gone too far. One of the greatest things that I have ever discovered as a leader of people is that when I am transparent about something that I'm struggling with, I have never had more access to lead people than when I do that. When I'm able to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm trying to figure this out. I know I'm supposed to be the one with all the answers, but I feel good in this area. But you know what? I'm actually struggling with this. If you can can help me pray about it or or if you're just working, it's your workplace as a leader. 
hey, this is the direction that we're going, but you know what? I, I still have some, some questions about this, and, and I'm kind of struggling knowing which direction we should go. I, I'd love to be able to bounce some ideas off of you and just think about this together. That unlocks a whole different world of leadership with people when we're transparent enough to say, I don't have all the answers. I really think you and I could do better at this if we were together. If you want to lead people like never before, show humility and transparency. I, I, I felt this this week. Do you know why so many of you come Sunday after Sunday, month after month, and, and just talk about your connection to City Hills? Do you want to know why you feel connected here? It sure ain't because I'm a great speaker. You feel connected because the leaders who are in this room, the leaders who are sitting, the people who call City Hills home, they live their lives with humility and with transparency. You can walk in this room and feel like you can say, man, I had a rough week, and they'll go, me too. What's going on with your life? How can we help each other? That's why you feel connected. That's why you feel like there's something different here. There's humility and there's transparency, and God honors that, and he leans into that because he knows that as we rely on him and we rely on each other, he can do incredible things. Second thing is this. We have to consistently find a way to remind ourselves of the journey. You and I have an amazing ability to forget. I think it's why we all have so many children. We forget. We forgot about the first trimester and how all the puke. We forgot about the third trimester where everybody just feels big and bloated. Husbands and wives, we're all just walking around waddling. I don't know why I'm walking this way, but I just feel like I should. We forget about those first three months where no one sleeps, no one eats except for the child. It's the beauty of those moments that follow. I feel like God blocks it. And it, it isn't until we're back in it again that we're like, why does this pain feel so familiar? Oh, yeah, I remember the first trimester. Why did I forget about this? Why did we do this again? This was crazy, right? We forget about the journey. Joseph actually used his children as a reminder in verse 50. It says, during this time, before the first famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife. Verse 51, Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in, in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. Every time he called his children, every time he saw his children, it was a reminder to him of what God brought him through. A reminder of God's faithfulness. A reminder of God's presence in his pain. A reminder of God's presence when he felt alone. Every time he saw his kids. And now you and I, we can't rename our children. But we can do other things. In my life, mine is actually this trust the process sign. This sign for me was a, a present when we were moving here from Georgia. From some of my team and. And they said, you, you said this a million times to us when you're leading us. And it's something that has changed our life and we wanted it to be a reminder for you. But this trust the process sign for me is a reminder 
the, the job that when we were in Georgia, my first office was the closet of the nursing mother suite. The broom closet of the room where children are fed by their mothers. And on Sundays, I would have to knock on the door to go in to get to my office. And, and there were times where I would, I would walk in and there would be a lady in there. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to my office. You didn't respond. And she's like, what do you mean your office is in here? So you can open the door. But that little closet right there, that little broom closet, that's my office. And when I see that sign, I'm reminded of the times where I sat in that office hidden from everybody else and I felt like, God, am I ever gonna have a shot? God, am I ever gonna have a moment where people are gonna realize that I have something more to give? God, am I ever gonna have a chance to step into a leadership season of my life that I don't feel like I'm just the friend of the friend or the guy of the guy, the other person? God, am I ever gonna have a chance to lead at the capacity that I feel like you've placed in my life? God, is it ever gonna happen? This sign reminds me of the season when God pulled me out of that closet and he gave me office in the big room and, and I was asked to lead our children's ministry. And I'm reminded of this season where I built a team of incredible leaders and we saw incredible success and we saw amazing things happen. And God let me lead at a capacity, but he let me lead a ministry that I never wanted to lead. But he used that season. And I remember that it's from that season of leading a ministry I didn't want to lead but leading an incredible group of people and seeing incredible success happen. From that season, I had an opportunity to go to Arizona to teach some pastors some of the things that I'd been learning. And it was my first trip to the West Coast. It was the first time that I got there and I thought, huh, I could live out here. And in that trip, I met a guy who was gonna be influential in my life later. And I remember the season that we went into 21 days of prayer together, Lauren and I, and I wanted, to, I wanted to just talk to somebody. I wanted to put my name out there. I wanted to see what it is that God wanted to do. And she said, no, 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 baby, we need to wait. And I'm like, I don't wanna wait. And on day 22, we got the call for an opportunity that brought us to San Diego. And I remember walking into San Diego and feeling the overwhelming presence of God. I remember standing on Mount Soledad, looking over the city and God saying, this is the city I've given you. This is it. And I remember going through a season of transition where it looked like San Diego was going to be ripped from us and our hearts were broken. And we were so confused and we had an opportunity to do something crazy like start this church. I remember every moment, every time I see this sign of the pain, of the loneliness, of the frustration, of the feeling of being overlooked, of the moments I felt like, God, is anything ever gonna change? Or is we, are we just gonna keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? God, I feel stuck. Where are you? What are you doing? And it's a reminder that every season that I have walked through, every season that we have gone through as a family, the good, the bad, the success, the brokenness, the fear, the uncertainty, every one of those seasons prepared us for this exact moment here. And I could not do what we're doing right now had it not been for those seasons. And Joseph is standing in front of a nation, leading them in a way that only he could because of what he just went through.
And what God is saying to you and what God is saying to me is are you going to remember the journey? Are you going to trust me that I'm there when you feel stuck? Are you going to trust that I'm with you when you're hurting and you're broken and you're confused and you're doubting and you're ready to give up? Are you going to trust that I am with you? Are you going to depend on me like your life depends on me? Are you going to trust me? The last thing is this, God, what God is bringing you through is preparation for your future victories. Everything you're walking through in this season, I can promise you, I can guarantee, I can say it with zero reservations, everything you are walking through, God will use for the blessing in your future. If you trust him, if you depend on him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I'm, I am so thankful for every challenge you have brought me through. I'm so thankful for every moment that I felt like you weren't near to me, that you were working in the background. God, I am so thankful for every season that I wanted to go one way and you said, no, 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 I want you to go this way. I thank you that you love me even though I was so frustrated with you because I wanted to go my way. And I wanted things to look the way I wanted them to look. God, I thank you that you are faithful and you were with me. You were for me. You have a purpose in this season. And so God, I pray right now for every person in this room that you would just allow them to know that they can trust that you are with them that you can trust, they can trust you, that you have purpose in this season, and that, God, our lives will be changed in this moment by the way that we depend on you. God, we lean on you. I pray for every person in this room that maybe they haven't begun a relationship with you yet. They haven't put their faith and their hope and their trust. God, I pray that right now in this moment they would feel your presence and they would say, God, I want to trust you. I want to believe you. I want to make that call. I want to make that decision. I want to believe that you are with me. God, help me to see you in my life. God, let that be their prayer today. Let us be a place where they can connect with you better. Jesus, we love you. I thank you that you have taught me to trust the process and to depend on you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.